This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show for you. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. Now, this helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents here on the WVSA Digital Network. With us is Greg Winkler, coach and author of The Transformational Coach. Greg, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Marcus. I'm excited to be part of this podcast. Well, we're excited to have you. You have a, a book that came out about a year ago. It's called The Transformational Coach. Um, and we're going to dive into it because it really gets some pretty good insight on things that our, uh, us coaches need to be looking out for in developing better relationships and, and helping with the development of our players as they go through the different processes uh, of their life from being you know young kids all the way up through uh, you know the high school and, and even into college. Uh, but before we go ahead and dive into some of the uh, aspects of the book, why don't you go ahead and tell our audience just a little bit more about you and your soccer background? All right, that's uh, that sounds good. Um, one of the things I think they should know and is that I never played the game growing up. Um, uh, that means I've been around for a while. Um, my high school, the, the high school I graduated from, still doesn't doesn't have a soccer program. And uh, back when I was growing up in a rural community, uh, little league, little league youth baseball was the only thing that was available for kids at the time. So um, I I had a, a pretty good coaching career in football, wrestling, and track. And then in 1989, the first of my four boys started to play U uh, five soccer. We wanted to get him in. I, I loved the sport. I I played a little bit of some adult rec stuff, uh, but I thought it was a great sport. Uh, great activity for kids to get into when they're little. I'm a physical education teacher by trade. Um, but I got a phone call about coaching my five-year-old and I was like, I don't think I know enough to do this. And well, I ended up, I ended up taking it. Um, I'm very uh, thankful to USSF and, uh, and especially United Soccer Coaches Organization because of the uh, um, opportunities for education and growth. That was a big part of my success, I think, uh, was taking as many of those courses as I could. Um, but uh, I took, um, I, I ended up being the club president in 94. We had a club of about 350 people in the town that I lived in, and we grew that in six years to 2,100 kids. Wow. Uh, and I coached all my boys in Wisconsin. I coached them all the way up through U14 in the, at the club level. And then we couldn't have contact with them during the high school years as a club coach. So then when their teams would graduate, then I would usually take them for a couple of years at U19 or U23. So I've had a lot of experience uh, coaching the, the club level and the, and I still continue to coach at the high school level. Um, and then I've coached high school since 98 and uh, nine of those years I did both boys and girls. So I've had experience with uh Pretty much all ages and all levels of uh, the youth player. And that's great because, and I like the idea that you were 
knew nothing about it. And then when your your children started playing, of course, that call comes from from the league or the club and said, hey, can you coach? And you're like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, but but you have to, you know, I mean, that's that's what we have to do. We have, you know, not everybody has the luxury of of growing up like I did with soccer through, you know, youth leagues and, and high school and uh, college and that type of thing. But uh, that that's great that we uh, that you started from that point not knowing anything to now where you are you've had such a such a big career uh in soccer now you wrote this book uh called the transformational coach which came out about a year ago why did you write that book? now this was your second book is that correct that's correct i i wrote um um i wrote a book called coaching a season of significance and that was uh I mean, it, it appeals to every coach. It's a soccer, it's a soccer story, a soccer book. And it's about what people would call the soft skills, I think. Um, right. But I talk about the beginning of the season and what you do, how you prepare and different things you can do, team building, all the things that you can do to help your team grow, uh, lead, and finishing, you know, with the parent meeting and then finishing with the end of the year banquet and how you can make a season significant for every kid, whether they're, the starting player, the all-star, or the kid that, you know, comes off the bench maybe when you're up, you know, four or five to nothing, um, and how to make it significant for them. So I, I wrote that, and um, when I presented it to the publisher, they I said, I can write this so that it appeals to a wider audience, and they liked the niche book. So they went with that, and I and I just felt like there's there's so much information that coaches need. Um, and I and I'd really like to write a book about being transformational, and something that would appeal to every coach across every sport across every age, and and that's kind of what inspired me to to um, to write the uh, transformational coach. Um, yeah. yeah, and and and, that, and that's great. Uh, you know, sometimes you know when you when you write that got that first book and then you know there's there's so much more there's so much more into coaching I think that a lot of parents don't really realize. Um, you know, we, we start to see kids, um, and you've been around soccer for so long and kids are leaving soccer in droves, usually around the ages of 12 to 14, both boys and girls. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Well, that's, that's kind of why I wrote the book, uh, again, um, the transformational coach, because there, the, when you look at the top, the top three reasons that kids quit by 14 and. Nike had a, an advertisement about, you know, all these little kids retiring at 13 years old. And it's like, I'm not going to see these kids until they're in high school. I'm losing a, a large population uh, because of three reasons. One is the cost. Uh, the cost, club costs are, are, you know, depending on where you want to go and where you think your kid is going to end up. People are willing to spend a lot of money on the, and it gets pretty expensive. And, uh, you know, you're giving up your vacations to, I, we did it, you know, we gave up vacations. Our vacations were club tournaments. So, um, you know, wherever we went. So um, that's one of the reasons sports specific injuries. I think that, you know, we're not letting kids be kids anymore. They have to play 10 months out of the year, sometimes 12, uh, not, not allowing them time to go and try another sport, you know, go swim in the off season, go, do something else and get you off your legs for a while. So we're seeing a lot more sports specific injuries at the youth level and whatever, you know, if they're playing baseball, they're pitching too much and now their shoulder shot, you know, 
soccer, we, we have injuries. So, but, but a, a big reason is poor coaching and it's our coaches that are unable to, to like instill that passion with our kids and that love for the game because they're so focused on, you know, I got to, I'm coaching for this club. And in order for me to continue to coach for them, I got to, we got to win, you know, and, and we got to, we got to get the results and getting the result means that I'm coaching different than if I, if I don't coach for the results, I'm probably going to get the results, you know, and that's kind of what the book is about. If you, if you focus on positives and building relationships and, and skill development and not worry about the scoreboard, the scoreboard takes care of itself. And I think that we, we don't all have that information and we don't all have that training and uh, they have to get it somewhere. And if you're not getting it from, you know, educators in your club or you're not taking some of the courses that are available that emphasize that a little bit, um, you know, you're missing that out. And then kids, kids are burning out. You know, if they win championships at 11 and 12 and 13 years old, like, Hey, I was a state champ. Well, what do you mean? You're a state champ at 10 years old. You know, like, what does that mean? You know? So I think that um, we just need to do a better job of helping our coaches and not, not have that pressure to win uh, right away. And I think that's kind of what I was hoping with the book that we could get people to have a growth mindset and to delve into some of these areas that encourage kids to play longer. You mentioned in there building better relationships with your players. What would you say is the most important thing a coach can do to build that relationship with their players? I, I, I like, uh, there's a quote by Teddy Roosevelt and he said, people don't care how much, how much you know until they know how much you care. And, uh, you know, I think that if you, if you treat the little players, whatever age group they are, high school kids or, or a, eight-year-old um you know you you talk to them as an eight-year-old you know you you have fun with them you you let them know that they're a great little person at eight or ten or fifteen um and how, how what they do on the field has nothing to do with how you think they are as a person and I think a lot of times kids get that their self-esteem is all based on what the coach thinks of me uh, because of the way I play and Coaching girls really brought that, you know, to my to attention more because if I subbed a girl, I mean, even when I subbed boys too, but when I was subbed girls, they would come out and the first thing they thought of was that they did something wrong and they disappointed you. And really, you're just subbing to give somebody else an opportunity. So I had to really work on um, getting them to understand that, you know, I, I, I love you as a player, as a person. You know, you're a, you're a great person. You're a super student. You're going to be very successful. Your, what you do on the soccer field is not taking anything away from that. Right. So I think we have to let them know that we care about them and, um, uh, and just have fun with them, you know, like enjoy it, enjoy the process because they're going to, they're going to remember, you know, they're going to remember having fun with their coach more than they are, you know, that they got a couple trophies at some tournaments that summer. So um, that's what I, I, that's what I would say. They, they really have to get, get to know the kid as a kid and not just, somebody that can juggle 200 times. Yeah, that's that's very important. Show show the kids that you care about them as a person and it it makes all the sense in the world and unfortunately I think sometimes we get lost in the shuffle of everything that we're trying to do as a coach that sometimes we forget about that. I remember having 
kids on my team when they were smaller. And during breaks, we would talk. I had a boys team. We talked Star Wars. We we would talk Pokemon. You know, we Pokemon. would talk. Yeah, you know, we would talk about those types of things during breaks because that's what they were interested in, and that's I found out about that. And you know, I have some knowledge in the Pokemon world and and Star Wars, <laughs> and we would you know, and a lot of our you know training sessions would center around that kind of stuff, and you know, it just made for such a more pleasant environment and the kids had fun and they wanted to come back and, and, and participate more, um, which, which is great. And I think that's extremely important. Now you talk about having some, some tools within the book, uh, about that coaches can implement to build those relationships, to move their teams forward and improve development of those players out of everything that you talk about in the book. Can you go one by one, the three tools that coaches should have to, uh, to coach a team? Yeah, I think, uh, okay. So one of them would be that you incorporate more fun in your practice and your training sessions. So, it could be a, a tag game for warm-up where they're not even using a soccer ball. You're playing some kind of tag. Um, um, you, you set up some goofy challenges that they have to do. Or when you do play like an activity where there's a winner or loser, uh, make sure the consequence for losing is like something ridiculous. And almost like, uh, like we do star jumps for high school kids or, a donkey kicks, you know, things, something, something that is like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. You know, like, um, I think it just, it, it, it's better than making them do sprints or pushups or something. It just keeps it fun. And, you know, it's no big deal that you lost that training activity. We're moving on to the next one. Um, I think a real big piece of, of my coaching is I really believe that we have to do stuff outside of the soccer field together. So, um, with my with my high school teams back in the day when I coached clubs, we would try to do like uh, maybe a, a bowling outing, a putt putt outing. I just got off the out of the woods two weeks ago. My uh, high school team we did a team paintball event, um, and it's a lot of fun. And actually, you you know a thing like paintball, you find out a lot about uh, who's your defenders, who's your risk taking wingers. You know, like it, it's pretty it's pretty cool. So you can relate a lot of stuff back to back to the game. Um, that you're trying to teach them by, by what you do in off the field. So, but I think they need to see you not just as this guy that yells at them once in a while for missing a shot or making a bad pass. Um, and, and that helps with that whole relationship piece. And then I think um, I read a book. Uh, it's called, uh, I don't know if you've, you've read it, but Tony Dratico wrote a book called catch them being good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's for youth. And, and, and actually I think it's uh you know, Pia Sundage, who used to coach the women's national team, um, she did, she, she emphasized 11 positives to every correction. In Tony's book, it, it was eight to one, eight positives for every correction. So if you coach your practices and instead of always picking up out the thing that was done incorrectly, you pick those moments where they did something well and you emphasize that again, stop your play. See if they can recreate what they just did well. Um, uh, that that you're you're given positive feedback. So I think kids need specific positive feedback and catch them doing the good stuff. And I tell my parents all the time, my high school parents, 
I tell them when you watch a game, um, you know, don't, don't have a conversation on the way home about the game unless your son wants to. But pick out one or two things that you saw them do positively, even if they didn't get off the bench. But that kid came out, they subbed somebody, came out, uh, and that your son went up to him and said, you know, great job or, or complimented on how they played. But he never got in the game. Like, recognize what he did as a teammate there. Um, and just one or two things in the car or when they get home and then just wait for them. It might be the next morning, wait for them to talk about the game. So I think that, um, you know, having parents focus on the positives too helps them get it from getting into that crazy little league kind of, uh, anti, anti referee, anti sport environment that we, we so often see. So I think those are three really good things that, that can, that can help, um, foster good development and and a good feeling they go home you know I got complimented eight times and the coach didn't say one thing negative to me like I'm feeling pretty good when I leave practice it's it's funny you mentioned that um I remember seeing a story somewhere I wish I could remember what it was but it was a former player she was now in her late 20s and she recalled a situation when she was younger um that she may be probably maybe a freshman or sophomore in high school. And she said, my mom came to every single game. She says, I didn't play much, if any. And she said, my mom would still take pictures of me on the bench. And she would like take pictures of me handing water to my teammates, you know, my arm around a teammate, you know, maybe something happened to them. They had a bad, you know, play on the field. And she took pictures and she said, my mom was so proud of that because she said it was, you know, showing that I was, you know, more than just the soccer player. I was a human and, and hopefully, you know, become a, a good human. That's right. That's right. And it was amazing just that, you know, she said I, my mom would have all these pictures of me just, you know, handing out water and stuff. She said, I was embarrassed at the time that my mom would show this to me. She said, but I really appreciate it now that I'm a little bit older. Now, yeah, let me, now, yeah. now let me ask you um, this question. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but uh, you're presenting at the United Soccer Coaches Convention this year. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Tell tell us a little bit of, uh, about that when you're going to be presenting, because I know we have a lot of people that listen to the show that will be attending. That's in uh, Kansas City, right? Yep, Kansas City, boy. It's going to be a great party out there. You know, after after missing last year, um, people are really excited about getting the soccer community back together. So I'm I'm really looking forward to just a, a really good time there. It's a it's a pretty cool city to to walk around and and experience as well. So. Uh, my topic is changing the coach-parent paradigm. Um, if if they are United Soccer members, I I think the last issue I had a have an article in there um, about it, and uh, that's a, that's a lot of what I'm going to be talking about at the convention. But um, I think it's Friday morning at around 11. I think it's 11 o'clock on Friday morning. Um, but I think that we can do as coaches. We we got to quit looking at parents as our adversaries and and look to incorporate them in our program um and that's kind of my message you know i tell my parents every year my parent meeting it's like you this is high school some of you have juniors and seniors their career is almost over and you know only 
what is it, 7% of kids end up going on and playing any kind of college sport. So not a lot of these players are going to go on anywhere. So this could be it. Like, you need to you need to have fun and enjoy it because I know the sacrifices. I've had four boys. Like, we did it all. I know the sacrifices you make as, as parents so that your son or daughter can can play the, a game that they love, and then it comes to an end. And now 20 years of your life or however long you had kids running around the soccer field is going to come to an end. And so I want them to enjoy the experience just as much as the player. And regardless of the scoreboard, like there are ways that you can get involved and, you know, I'm coaching, so leave me alone, but, (laughs) but you can get involved and you can do some things that really help our team grow and come together as a unit. And I think we have to change that whole, that whole thinking. And I think that uh, with all the negative stories that continue to happen and, and you hear all the time um, that we, we gotta, we gotta get off the referees back. We have to just watch our kids and enjoy the game. And, uh, you know, nothing's ever going to, nothing's going to change by you screaming. So um, it's a, it's a very, I think it's a very uh, informational meeting. There's a lot of good information that they'll get at that convention um, that they can turn around and, and start to, if they're in season, implement right away. If they're not, um, they'll have some time to prepare for their upcoming spring or summer or fall season. So it's funny you bring, um, it's, look- it's funny you bring that up because that's starting to hit home a little bit more for me. I have a daughter who's played since she was four years old. She's a sophomore in uh, college. She plays D two uh, college soccer, and I know that she's got two more years left, and then that's it. And, you know, I right. won't, I won't be able to go to any more games. Of course, I do embarrass her by saying, you know, when, when you go play adult league, uh, I'm going to come watch you play. <laughs> She's like, are you serious? I said, absolutely. I'll come out on a Sunday and watch you play. I said, I, I enjoy that time. I enjoy being out in the sun. I enjoy being out in the fresh air. And I, en- I said, that's the one thing that I enjoy most about you in sports is I enjoy watching you play. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I know that's coming to an end. Yeah, I, I know. So let's, you know, let's, let's make that journey together and, and do it as a team instead of, uh, instead of, you know, mad because your kid didn't play or whatever, the, you know, whatever. There's, there's a lot of things you can do to incorporate them and, and make them feel part of, of the season. So Agreed. Um, I'm really looking forward to the presentation. And again, just getting that soccer community back together is, going to be great. Yep, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, We're talking with Greg Winkler, uh, coach and author, the transformational coach. Uh, Greg, where can people go to order your book and find out more about you? Well, the book's available on uh, their favorite book sites, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Um, They can, uh, I do have a, a website character first site at WordPress. It's kind of a long one, but um I do have a website there where we periodically put some articles on. I'm on LinkedIn as Greg Winkler and um, Greg Winkler 10 on Twitter. So I try to keep my Twitter stuff mainly, uh, mainly um, coaching related. Uh, I, my, I have a son that works for the Golden State Warriors. So I, you might see some Warriors or Green Bay Packers stuff on there. But even though I'm in Florida, I still, uh, 
I still got to cheer for my Packers. So you might see some of that once in a while. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And if you, if you uh, do a Google search of Greg Winkler, uh, his stuff will come up real easy and you'll be able to find him. Greg, thank you so much for coming on our program today and talking about the book, The Transformational Coach. And uh, good luck at the, uh, the convention in Kansas City. We appreciate you talking with us today. Thank you for the opportunity again, Marcus. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program here on the WBSA Digital Network. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network. Or find us on our social media platforms at WVSoccer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.